Okay, welcome everybody, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Matthews Podcast, a podcast highlighting commercial real estate news, topics, and trends from professionals in the industry. I'm your host, Cliff Carnes, Executive Vice President of Capital Markets at Matthews. I've been in the capital market space for over 20 years, and I oversee the capital markets division at Matthews to include our debt and equity efforts and production. Today, we're joined by Matthews Capital Markets experts in our Dallas, Texas office, Patrick Flanagan, Ron Davis, and Clark Finney. Between the three of them, they have commercial real estate financing experience in office, retail, industrial, and the multifamily sectors. In this episode, we're going to dive into the current state of capital markets, the shifts occurring in the market, and how borrowers are adjusting to rocky market conditions. All right, the three of you, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Okay, let's just kick it off. First topic. Let's start the conversation off by looking at the market today versus a year ago. How have capital commitments adjusted and what factors are impacting capital markets at the moment? And what shifts have you seen in the market? Well, I mean, I think it's more of a focus of what you're trying to achieve, right? Are you trying to acquire an asset for a you know high value add, you know, high risk, high return solution? Or are you trying to buy something that you have a long-term hold with that you're not looking to refinance anytime soon. You know, realistically, let's just say value add commercial real estate investments at the moment. This time last year, you were probably going to be able to get a spread of 350 over SOFR all day long. Even if you were acquiring an older asset that was of lower quality, maybe even in a tertiary market. Right now, that 350 spread is probably reserved for high quality borrowers in major markets for high quality. Yeah, you know, there's probably an increase of spreads by 100, 150, in some cases 200 over that old 350. And you know, as a result of SOFR also going up as well, you have all-in rates that are looking more like eight or nine handles instead of the five and six handles that we were used to not too long ago. Kind of to build off that, I think you know why we're seeing higher spreads, lower loan proceeds, all that stuff. It's just a factor of how lenders look at deals, underwrite deals, and it's the simple math behind the debt coverage in place. And what's happened the last year is interest rates have moved faster than valuations and cap rates in the real estate market. As such, we're, we're seeing it being impacted in loan proceeds and expectations for our borrowers right now. Yeah, with the interest rates going up as they have over the past six to nine months, seeing a lot of debt coverage constraint that is affecting the proceeds of loans. People that are having to refi, we are having to get creative in order to pay off the existing loans. And there's a term that has come out and gotten popular since the first of the year is bridge to bridge. Some of that product, and truthfully, I guess the big elephant in the room is the drone pile and the Fed, and they're what's driving the markets at this point. Okay, thanks, guys. And Ron, you just took the words out of my mouth. I my next question is about the Fed and what, where you guys think rates are going to be in 2023 now versus the end of the year. Well, I tell you, Cliff, I think it's changing each and every week, it feels like. You know, if you would have asked us a month or two ago, I was feeling a little optimistic that we may even see some rate, rate cuts here to finish out the year. But it sure looks like inflation may actually be rather sticky. And, you know, I think the Fed is going to have to monitor the information that comes out and, and make the best decision. I don't think I think the consensus in the board right now is that we, we're not expecting any 
rates to to have any rapid decline here in 2023, but also <laughs> we don't feel like there's going to be a, a major increase in rates as well. Yeah, I think any hope of rate cuts in 23 were taken care of yesterday with Powell in front of Congress. You like to think that, you know, typically Fed movements and rate hikes have yielded changes in values and inflation with a lag time of six to nine months. Well, right now it appears that there's some, you know, outlying, uh, let's call it details, probably not the best word, but there's other factors at play here outside of just rates that are affecting current inflation. And that nine months passed last month and inflation's still hot. So that's the only tool that the Fed seems to have. And I think they're going to continue to pound that drum. The good news is, is that, you know, even though there is a lagger between, you know, action and reaction, it does show that something is happening. Maybe it doesn't take nine months. Maybe it takes a year. Fed started making aggressive movements in June. Maybe it takes a year or so this June to really see that reaction that we're all hoping for. Okay, great answer. Thanks, guys. With that said, and the, and the chaos in the market and the uncertainty with rates, what do you guys think the capital availability is going to look like this year? Capital raising and the debt markets, are they going to stay the same, get worse, get better? What are your thoughts? I, I think that that right now is kind of the silver lining that what we've got going on is we don't have a liquidity crunch at this time. It's just a cost of capital situation. There's plenty of money out there. I know the three of us daily get emails from capital looking for deals, seeing what's going on, see how deal flow is out there. It's just getting accustomed to the fact that the cost of capital is is higher and uh, people are starting to adjust to that. We're seeing deal flow starting to increase from what it was for the first of the year. I would agree with Ron 100%. You know, this time last year, it seemed that there was just a period of you know, free money where you could bring any deal to a lender and being able to get financing was almost a commodity. You expected to receive 80% leverage and the lowest rate that the market could possibly afford for any quality deal, any quality sponsor market asset. Uh, however, now what you're seeing is still plenty of liquidity in the market, but that target has shrunk quite a bit to where people are flying to quality, quality deals, quality borrowers, quality assets. And if you have that trifecta, you'll have no problem finding liquidity. You know, but if you don't, there's no longer free money running around. Yeah, I think you hit the needle on the head, right? You can't just want to do it these days you got to really plan it out and make it happen you've got to have a solid business plan solid execution and let these lenders give these lenders confidence that you can get this deal to the finish line that you can exit and make sure that you're returning their money in due time from a borrower's perspective it's very important that they're working with the right capital markets group that is in the market every day that's seeing what's going on has a, a great production in behind them and has the ability to work with the lenders to get the best possible deal and execution. Okay, great points on debt from the three of you. Let's flip the table here a little bit and talk about the other side. How are investors allocating capital for real estate this year? What do, what are you guys seeing this year compared to last year on the investor side? We're probably seeing transaction volume down. I mean, we're not probably, we are seeing transaction volume down by almost two thirds from this time last year. 
So have year over year change. The same way that you have a lot of capital available, there are still investors that are available to provide equity. However, I think you're also looking at you know major institutions that have dry powder that are kind of waiting on the sidelines. Have we reached the bottom of property values? Maybe. You know, if we all knew the answer to that, we'd probably be doing it ourselves. I think what what most people are realizing is that the market has room to improve. Cap rates still have room to widen just a tad bit more. And when that happens, we're probably just waiting on a catalyst. And when that catalyst does occur, what it is, we still do not know. You're going to see a wave of transaction volume that hits the market. And we think probably all at once. There's a lot, lot of money sitting on the sidelines just waiting to come back in for the right right catalyst, whatever that may be. Moving along, second topic. What else can you tell us about the trends you see in the market right now? Anything different, anything surprising, anything expected? I think one of the biggest thing right now is, you know, educating borrowers that can't get the loan dollars, loan proceeds they're maybe accustomed to in 2020, 2021. In addition, people are starting to look at shorter term maturities rather than, you know, the definite Dead set option in 2020, 2021 was take the 10 year fixed and run. It was awesome. But now it seems like people feel rates may fall in two to three years. So looking at shorter terms so that people could have flexibility whenever things turn around. So, so Patrick, let's dive in on that a little bit. Are you talking about seven or five year terms? Or are you talking about bridge financing on much shorter terms? What, what, what do you think the consensus is with investors? in terms of term, the preferred term right now and when they want to get out of these rates? I think there's going to be a lot of people looking for a a bridge takeout, a bridge solution right now, something to get them 24 to 36 months into the future. You know, and then beyond that, investors, I think in the investment 1031 community, I have a lot of 1031 net lease investors who they're, they're looking at the five and seven year money right now. Their sentiment is that, while maybe the cap rate's a little bit lower right now, well, as long as we can refi out and rates come down, that cash flow will still look pretty good. One thing that we've seen is in the CMBS market, which is typically a 10-year market, long-term hold is they're offering a five-year product, which allows a little more flexibility on the exit. And I know that there's been one, maybe two of those that have been executed out in the market, and it was very favorably taken. So you're seeing a lot of people that are, a lot of those lenders are starting to offer more and more of that product, which, you know, allows you to lock in for a shorter period of time and playing a little bit of that interest rate game. Okay. Great, great thoughts there, guys. What property types do you see capital gravitating towards on the, on the equity side and the, and the debt side? And and what are banks and other lenders looking in terms of borrowers and deals as, as to, let's say, of last year? I think what you're probably looking at, you know, top three right now are self-storage, multifamily, industrial, and maybe a tie for third, credit-rated, single-tenant, net lease. I'll say one thing, having been at the NBA a couple of weeks ago, all three of us were there with Cliff as well. Like, What do we have, like 45 meetings in two days with different lenders across the spectrum, from the hard money guys to the little life company guys. But I was really surprised at the number of lenders that mentioned retail, be it grocery anchored shopping centers. It's a Walmart shadow type product. And then the single tenant things. And then a lot of, a lot of them were, were talking about the hotels and hospitality. So I was really, really surprised at that. Probably the 
the biggest X mark was the office product. So not not a lot of that going on at this point, but I'm surprised that those other two products were spoken about as much as they were. Yeah, Ron, I agree with that. Ali seems to be making a pretty good comeback as well as retail. One of the things that's shocking me right now, and this is just a personal observation, is self-storage and the demand for self-storage. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. I guess other people are trying to store more stuff. So good for self-storage owners. The great thing about self-storage is, is that boxes never complain. Absolutely. Boxes Best tenants ever, complain. right? Wouldn't be complete if I didn't ask each of you if you had any parting words or advice for borrowers in today's market. Patrick, why don't we start off with you? I would say get started sooner rather than later. In these downward cycles, you can often find yourself running out of time. And, you know, I think it, it's best to, to talk to an active originator early on in the cycle as we go through these hikes, as we go through these changes in the marketplace so that you can truly, you know, you can feel good that you're you're clearing the market and, and getting the best uh, structure, the best terms available right now. Absolutely. And I would also say that it's important that you find a financing partner and consultant that will manage your expectations up front, be vividly transparent and honest with you through the process. Nobody likes surprises. Uh, this is a volatile market. The last thing that anybody wants is any more surprises. And having somebody that you can trust on both sides, whether it's you know lending or a broker relationship, is absolutely paramount because no one wants to get dropped on their head with a surprise three days before closing with something that was never uncovered to you during yeah, the, the closing process. Right. It's a it's a it's our responsibility and our job to manage expectations. So at the end of the day, there's not any big hookups that go on. And my counsel to my clients is, is if it makes sense and the numbers are there, don't try to play the interest rate game. Just go ahead and transact, get it, put it to bed and move along. Worry about other assets, other things going on. You're not doing yourself any favors. Time is never your friend. And as Patrick said, the, the quicker you get in and start the process and get things going, the more flexibility you have as opposed to waiting last minute because everything seems to be taking a little bit longer to, to, to transact. Hey, fantastic words of advice there, guys. Patrick, Clark, Ron, I really appreciate your time and for sharing your thoughts with myself and our audience. Hopefully, we're going to pull through this environment quicker than everybody expected and hoped to, and we'll be back on track shortly. To those of you listening, thank you for joining us. And for our panelists, thanks for your insights, especially on these important topics. We appreciate your time today. I know you're very, very busy. Take care and be sure to tune in next time. Thanks, everybody.